Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. I'm Benny out here in Ashland, and Lee's over there in Paducah. How you doing tonight, Lee? Hey, Benny, doing great. Welcome to Kentucky Basketball Across the Bluegrass, everybody, and what a show we have tonight. Uh, we hope you guys are going to like it. I think you will. If you don't, I think you've got the coronavirus in, in your brain, but... <laughs> We've got tonight, we're bringing on the Kentucky Taste Buds, and, and these are two of the definitely prettiest ladies in Kentucky, but they are a host of Brunch with the Buds. They also uh, do a show on KISS FM Lexington, and, and we're honored to have them. They're, they're two great girls, and I've known Lee for a long time, Lee Roach, and uh, on Twitter. Big Kentucky fans, they just love Kentucky, and, and they do a lot of good things, and and of course, we've got we've got the legendary Goose on the show today as well, Jack Gibbons. He needs no introduction. I mean, this guy is truly uh, Kentucky Wildcats basketball's ambassador. Without a doubt, without a doubt, uh, most outstanding player in that 1978 championship. He's a he he needs no introduction. That's for sure, and. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody, like I said, for tuning in, Lisa, and and, uh, and her husband sent us a good note today, and uh, all our regulars, Michelle and and Michael out there, and uh, Jared and all those guys. Uh, hopefully, we got another good one going today, and uh, hope you're staying safe yeah, we, out there, Lee. Uh, seems like we got a lot of talks about opening things back up, and really, I I really can't wait to be honest with you. I mean, I. When it's safe, anyway. I'm 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 really getting tired of this stay-at-home crap. <laughs> it, it, it's hard. I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. And and back to our listeners, you know, I hope all of you are out there staying safe. And you know, and, and the best thing, I'll tell you, we're we're in a good place because I think the majority have listened to Governor Bashir, and we're following his his ten steps, and it's worked. From what I can tell, I do see people that aren't following it, and you know that is concerning. But for the most part, but it, it, I think it's working, and people are following it. And but it's just it's just so surreal to go anywhere shopping, and you know now one family member per per store, and you know, and I see some people pushing two carts around, and I guess that's okay as long as you're you're social distancing. And I don't. It, it's just. But I see, see a lot of violations with that, too. But thank you to our, our listeners and, and our friends. And, and like you said, Lisa, Michelle, and, and, and Michael, and people like you, uh, you're our friends, and, and, and we, we do this show for you. This is your show. We'll say that time and time again, and Benny, Benny will drive that to you, and uh, he'll drive that point home every every show. But this is your show. We do this for you and then for our love for Kentucky basketball. Yeah, it's been a been a fun ride, really, Lee. I mean, I remember when we started this thing, and then you were like, uh, "How are we gonna get guests?" So I think you figured that out. 
Every well, time I turn around, okay. you're like, oh, well, Jack Gibbons is coming on. Uh, President Bush is coming on. And uh, Bo yeah. Bob is coming. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it's funny because, you know, it, we put these people at such a high level. And we talked with Rick Roby last weekend. And, uh, and what a show. We, you know, just a little reflection on that show. You know, the, the stories that Rick tells and, 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 and Roger Harden's tell and, it, they're just great to hear because they're things that, you know, I haven't heard, you haven't heard. It, it's new. And, and maybe it's our angle, but we kind of ask some crazy questions sometimes. But I do like to hear these stories because you don't get those. And the Larry Bird story about the dinner check and, and, the, and the first night out there in, uh, in New York, I believe it was, or Boston, wherever they were at, I think it was in Boston, but they were at a big steak restaurant and, and the bill was $100. And, and uh, you know Larry Bird, being from French Lake, Indiana, he he had no idea anything cost that much. And you know the reference he, you know he told Rick that uh, you know he hundred dollars will last him a whole week in French Lake. So that was just a funny story. And uh, and uh, dear Rick, tell it was was priceless. And uh, but yeah, we we love doing what we're doing. It, it, it's it is a ride, Benny. And I don't I don't know where we're going with it, but. It just seems to be growing, and we can't thank the people out there for listening, to calling in, dialing in, and hopefully someday we're going to be on a radio format where it'll be a little bit easier to listen to. And I know I've had some questions this week, how to listen to us live. I've sent that out, and hope that you all, it's not too difficult for you to do that. And as always, we welcome your questions. We'll try to get you on the show if we can. Uh, you know, our numbers have picked up, so it's a little tougher now, but we're going to try to get you on, so don't give up on us, and, and we're still looking at better ways to do this. Yeah, and I probably need to be a little better about putting that out there because, you know, you know, it's fishing season. You know I'm pretty much useless at fishing season. I've, I've been out fishing uh, every day I can get a chance, which, you know, like I say, I'm social distancing, but... Uh, if I can't catch it from a fish, I'm going to be fishing, you know. That's just me. Yeah, and I, I hope you don't pull a bill dance out there, Benny, when you catch a an eight- or nine-pound bass and, and and you pull it up to your mouth and you kiss it because that, I can't let that slide as social distancing, brother. That, I'm going to have to turn you into Governor Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> if I catch an eight- or nine-pounder, uh, it's You'll definitely know about it, <laughs> and I probably, I probably will. Just don't kiss it's been yeah, just don't several kiss years fish. since I caught an eight or nine pounder. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know uh, we got anyway. with Kentucky basketball this week, and you know, good and bad. I mean, the bad side once again. I mean, this is this is John Calipari, and this is Kentucky, and John. Coach Cal Perry is recruiting the best talent in the nation. And, and with that, you know, sometimes these guys don't stay, you know, they stay one season. Uh, we were fortunate enough this year to have some stay two years, and we actually had one that was a junior this year. But so long, folks. Hasta la vista. They are out of here. And uh, so here comes uh, another phase of the John Calipari Kentucky Wildcat roster shakeup. And, but we got some good news with a couple signings, uh, transfers this week from Jacob Toppin and Davion Mintz. And uh, these these look like two good ball players. And I, I see a lot of negative on some of these guys. But you know what? These are the guys. 
especially Toppin, he's going to be around for a few years. So, you know, his his brother just his older brother just won the Nightsmith Player of the Year and uh, Nightsmith Award, and uh, so you know, this is the guy that plays at Dayton, and uh, I think we're getting a top-notch kid. He's got definitely got a basketball IQ. Comes from a basketball family, so you know, I think the sky's the limit, and maybe we're going to start seeing a little bit more change towards these guys that we're going to keep for two or three years. And I think I think Coach Cal Perry is going to get that blend. He's still going to get that elite talent like we've got coming in. But And thanks, thank goodness for Terrence Clark and all those rumors, just rumors. So he, he's coming, and, and, and I'm thankful for that too. Yeah, now I would uh, like to welcome one of the, uh, taste, uh, the taste buds to the show. How are you tonight? Hello. Hello. It's Lee and Tamara. Hey, we got them both. We've got Lee, Lee Roach, and Tamara Snyder. Welcome to the show, Taste Buds. Yes, hey, I have you. Thank you. And, and don't feel bad if we talk all over each other because Benny and I do it all the time. So we're, we're going to have a good time, and, and, and there's a lot of things to talk about. But you guys, and, and I'll start you off. You guys, really, you just celebrated a, a year of your show, The Brunch with the Buds, and, I, and it's a fun show. I love it. I listen to it a lot, and when I can, I do. I try to listen to it every week. But tell us a little bit about how you got there, how you all met, and, and how this even came to, to fruition. Well, actually, uh, we're probably a little confusing because we actually have two years of Brunch with the Buds under a belt, but one year of our radio show just happened yes, this year. Radio show. But right. um, we we started off, uh, we've been best friends since way back when in middle school and uh, just grew up together. And then I had moved off to Atlanta for several years and came back home and, and Tamara and I reconnected. And about three years ago, uh, we were both kind of having ruts in our lives and decided we needed a little excitement. So we had started Kentucky Taste Buds, which of course is a lifestyle blog. Uh, where we, with the whole intent of going around the state of Kentucky and exploring everything fun. And we just really hadn't done a lot of that growing up, even though we were born and raised here. And so we thought, what could be better than having two best friends get together and then go around and explore the state and then blog about it, talk about it. And it just, uh, over time, developed into a podcast. And then within about a year after that, uh, fortunately, we got the uh, offer to do a radio show on KISS 96.9 on Saturdays. Yeah, and just by doing that, though, let's open a lot of doors, opportunities for you all. I mean, nobody says no to the taste buds, do they? <laughs> what do you think, Tamara? <laughs> uh, uh, we get we get some no's. Maybe not so many, but, yeah, we get some no's. But the whole thing is you never know until you ask, and that's the worst thing that can happen if somebody says no to you. So what if you really lost? Okay. <laughs> listen, and I'm going to ask you one more thing because I know Benny's dying to ask you something. But And on that topic right there, and I've seen you all line dancing. I've seen you all out having fun. And I tell you, well, Benny and I will be right there with you. I guarantee you that. And, and I, I, <laughs> I, I doubt that. I doubt very seriously. I know Benny and I will get thrown out of somewhere probably. But let me ask you, have you all ever been thrown out of any, any venue or any club? <laughs> Not that we'd ever or tell you about. Or politely ask, uh, yeah. you politely ask to leave. Let's say it that way. Well, we always joke that, you know, one of the things that uh, we think works well with Tamara and I is that we're very different. She's more of the kind of uh, 
structured and conservative person, and I'm more of the kind of the let loose kind of person and free spirit. But it works well together. So fortunately, I've never gotten kicked out of anywhere because Taylor or Cameron would, you know, pull me in very quickly if that was about to happen. That's that's, that's what we joke that she's we joke that she's we don't have a pull in guy. That's what I was gonna say. That's the one thing this show's missing is some structure. <laughs> we just yeah. deal with the flow. <laughs> we look at it if you're having fun, you're doing a good job. <laughs> that's hard. We believe that too. All right, Benny, you're up. Did I lose everybody? I'm here. I'm still here. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I lost Benny. I think I've got a real him back in now. So, oh, God. So, Benny, are you there? Yeah, I was talking on mute again. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? And, and he hasn't even had bourbon today. No, I think that's my problem. I, I haven't had anything to drink for like a week. <laughs> No, That's the problem right there. I hit this button all the time on accident, but 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 it, like I say, you guys you guys do have a lot of fun on your show, and I think you guys you guys are amazing, and I'm I'm proud of y'all. I think y'all do a great job, and uh, just just that that part, they're all personalities. They go they go great together. Y'all are y'all are something else. Well, oh, thank you guys. We appreciate that. You guys are pretty cool yourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're real cool, actually. We're real cool. You know, come on, get that right. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, so, so, so doing this, and, and I'm telling you, we're we're envious. You guys do, or you guys, you ladies, uh, cover a lot of things. You go to a lot of neat events, and and that's what I think is interesting. What what do you think is your your biggest draw for people? I mean, what what are people, what do you hear from people on Twitter and, and, and when you're networking and, and when you're out in the field and, and doing these things? What are you hearing from people and and uh, what do they tell you? Well, one of the things we decided when we started the blog was that we wanted to be interactive and engage with people. And Tamara and I genuinely are social creatures that love people. And so I think part of the biggest draw is is we don't just talk at people or communicate at people. We really build relationships, and um, that's important to us because we that's the thing that we love most about Kentucky Taste Buds is how many people we've met. And I can't begin to tell you the network of friends that we have now as a result of doing what we do. Would you agree with that, Tamara? Absolutely, and uh, I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that just because you're homegrown in Kentucky doesn't mean that you've gotten out and explored everything that Kentucky has to offer. And so we're very much, um, we want to be encouragers to people to, you know, get out and explore this beautiful state. And I tell you what, I think with all this coronavirus stuff, travel is going to change. I think people are going to be more interested in seeing what they can do right here in our home state without having to travel long distances. And I'll tell you, we've got everything here. We've got beaches, we've got lakes, we've got everything that you could want to do right here in the state of Kentucky. And so um, I think people, that's a message that resonates with people. Thank you. No, that's I think that's excellent point. Excellent point. That you say that, we were talking about that at work the other day, how things were, were never going to be like they were before. You know, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, 
it's like we're living, like I was telling somebody, it's like we're living in a bad sci-fi movie. It's just, I don't know. It's, I know. it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we miss our gallivanting around. I mean, we've gotten kind of spoiled in the last couple of years. We've had so many uh, opportunities to do great things, and we have a lot of things still left to do on our plate. And so we've had to put a lot of those on hold. And uh, we're a little sad right now uh, that we're not able to do those things, but we can't wait till we can get back out and start talking about them and blogging again. Yeah, and it has. It has changed everything. It's changed life. And, you know, and we, we talked to Rick Roby last week and just the the effect this has had on, on the amateur athletes at the high school level and, you know, missing their seasons. And, you know, and that's what these kids, and, and they live for. And, it, it, it's sad to see that side of it. You know, hopefully we're going to get through it and, and, and be able to get back to those things. But, I mean, even the Kentucky Derby, we should be talking about it and getting ready for it now. And and it just it's not going to happen. And it's just it, it's crazy. And I know it has to be affecting you all, but you're still doing your show and you're still doing a great job with it. And uh, But I I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of the most surreal things I've seen in my lifetime. And, uh, and Tamara, what you said about Kentucky, it is a beautiful state. I've been from one end to the other, and I mean literally. And, you know, how many people have been to Cumberland Falls or even the uh, the Colonel Sanders Museum in Corbin? You've got uh, Churchill Downs. You've got uh, the Louisville Slugger Museum. And, and just in those areas, but, I mean, there's uh, you've got Kentucky Lake. You've got, uh, you've got Cave Run Lake. You've got the mountains, you've got the Appalachians, and it, it's just a beautiful state, and how people, you know, and I'm I'm going to be honest, I, I've seen a lot of things in Kentucky, but I'm one of those two that there's still a lot left out there to see. Absolutely, absolutely, and luckily, we were able to take a trip right before all of this kind of broke. We went down to Bowling Green, Kentucky, and uh, yeah. spent the day and spent Corvette the night, uh, we toured yeah. the Corvette Museum. Yeah. It was fantastic yeah. and cool? um, yeah. stayed at a beautiful – yeah, oh, we loved it, absolutely loved it. I did not get to drive off in one of the new Corvettes. <laughs> I was kind of sad about that. But I, did, I will tell you that I, I uh, lapped Lee about six times on the go-kart track there at NGM <laughs> Motorsports. So I now highly recommend the go-kart track. I was going to say Lee must have been pictures or something because I don't, I don't well, see how you could have lapped her that many times. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I like to think that I am kind of the more, you know, uh, crazy one between the two of us, and I actually take pride in that. But this girl, she is a Mario Andretti, and if you notice whenever we do uh, videos where we travel around the state, she's always the one driving. She is an expert, and I'm telling you, I would match her up against any race car driver. She is good. So, (laughs) yeah, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, that's another thing, but, you know, too. You talking know, about NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, got a NASCAR race in Kentucky, and that's that's not going to happen this year either. And, you know, it's some great know. some great race car drivers from Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's just rich in history all the way down the line through through athletes and, and performers. And uh, tell us a little bit, tell us some of the more interesting people that you all have met since you've been doing your shows. Well, we have met uh, people associated with Derby. Uh, Ed DeRosa, who is the uh, – what is his title, Tamara? He's like the executive director or something at, at Marketing Fires. director. Marketing, marketing director. director I think. 
at Churchill Downs, and he is just such a cool dude. We've also met um, uh, uh, Tamara. Help me out with the name, David Fields. I'm see, I'm old. Yeah, David, David Fields, Field. who uh, produces Kentucky caviar out of the fish in the lakes in Kentucky, and he's done really, really well. In fact, Tamara got to go and and actually be an ambassador for him at the trifecta party uh last year that was associated with the derby and who else would you say I mean, we've met so many people it's so hard to we've met oh, a lot gosh. of athletes of course and we've um, met the uh legends of the bourbon industry um yep. jd shelburne gone. we've had uh, shelburne, on our show is fantastic josh hopkins um, yes I mean, all kinds of really cool people. A lot of people from KSR. Cameron Mills is now our best friend. Uh, we, yeah. But Cameron's awesome. Yeah, yeah we've Cameron's met cool. And, I, and I, did see the, I did see the thing with J.D. Shelburne. I thought that was great, too, and what you are doing there. Is Let me tell you, that guy is a real deal. He is the nicest, one of the nicest people we've ever met. We've also met Doug Flynn um, of the Reds, who is just such a great guy. We got to mm-hmm. interview yeah. Tim Couch. I mean, all, we've just been so fortunate. We really, really have. Now, you're talking about Doug Flynn, the former Major League Baseball player, right? Absolutely, yeah. yep. He's a great guy. Yeah, man. What a great baseball player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. What do you guys have coming up next for us? Uh, any big plans, or if you put a lot of them on pause because of what's going on? Well, right. I could take yeah. you on a tour of my living room. Um, <laughs> pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> um, no, we're we're kind of on hold with our travel plans. Um, we're looking forward to you know maybe jotting down some future trips that we'd like to take. Uh, doing taking this time to do some planning and that kind of thing. We are collaborating with a few companies and trying to help some of their uh, online building we're going to actually which i'm sure you guys will be very interested in this we're going to be doing a a bobby brown makeup tutorial on friday we're going to be hosting uh (laughs) uh, an online version of that guy you guys should you know tune in and get makeup tips so but that's kind of our focus right now is trying to (laughs) we're just trying to focus with some online uh, businesses right now to see what we can do to help them out well, well, you know, you know, she's you, big into the makeup industry. She's she uh well that's actually how we went on her cruise from her selling her makeup, so I'll let her know. Wow. About that. <laughs> yeah, there we you got go. her on our show. There you go. <laughs> and when you said that about the ca- caviar from the fish from Kentucky, I, I thought, well Benny's Benny's eyes probably lit up then, but but uh <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. And, and Lee, you know, and we always kidded Lee and Lee of course, we spell our names differently, but, you know, we've known each other for quite a while on, on Twitter, and, and you are just fun to follow. And, of course, I met Tamara through you, and, and then, and then I mean, we're here now. And I'll tell you right now, you guys have met some amazing people, but you haven't met Benny and myself yet, but that's going to happen. I know at some point in time, Benny and I haven't even met. So we're, we're going to plan. We were gonna oh, really? Meet this year at the, uh, yeah, we were going to meet this no, year. No, we've this never met person. <laughs> So, that's unreal. Yeah, you know, that's why my very that's one of my very fa- favorite things about Twitter because I literally have people on Twitter, and Lee, you're one of them, that I feel so connected to people that I've never laid eyes on. 
And uh, it's just crazy. We have like a whole family. And, you know, when people ask what our uh, favorite social media platforms are, we've got to be on Instagram and Facebook and all of those. I always say Twitter because to me it's like a – it's a it's just a, a, a family. And it's, of course, with the BBN. You know, we just – you're automatically connected if you're a BBN, BBNer. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't and know I what think, it is about Twitter, but it's – it's so much different than Facebook. Like Facebook's where all the evil people go, and then it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like well, that's where your family's at. at. That's where your family's at. Yeah, it's, it's family. It is more family. And but, but and you, you see know, all the the good things on Twitter. It seems like it's more family oriented as far as people don't crush each other nearly as much. Put it that way. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. And and I'll tell you something. Since since I've latched on to you two and in your show and the tweets and, and even retweeting, I'll tell you right now, I've actually had some amazing followers just because of my association with you you two. And you know, Jack Ruby added me this week, and I thought that's crazy. I mean, here's this big Yay. steakhouse. Wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yay. So maybe he's listening today. We'll give a shout out to him. And I know they're doing some great things. Uh, Charity wise for their their workers and their employees, and you know it, it's good to see that from these people. And, and there, there's a local guy that you know started in Cincinnati and has built something really cool. And and uh, but yeah, I thought that was neat. But and that's all owed to you all. Oh, oh, that's so, so sweet much. of you. That's so sweet of you. You can send the check in the mail. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's what I used to do when I did the blues. That was one of our songs, Your Check's in the Mail. <laughs> Don't know when you uh, might you get it, but it's like in the mail. <laughs> you guys sound like you're having so much fun, yeah. and I've been watching you guys, too, and you all have had a ton of great guests on your show. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 hard work. It is. I'm not going to kid you. We don't get paid anything, obviously, but you know we do it for the love of Kentucky basketball, and we do it for you. We do it for the people in Big Blue Nation, and you know, and I tell you, and and I told my son when he was growing up, and and I tell people to this day that I really feel fortunate that I was born in Kentucky, and I grew up a Kentucky mm-hmm. fan, and that. Thanks to my grandfather and my dad, and my dad was from Michigan, but you know he he moved here as a machinist at the the enrichment plant. It was Union Carbide in West Paducah, and uh, wow. and that's where he met my mom, and that's how I came to be. But it, he grew up, you know, around my grandfather. You know, he he became a huge Kentucky fan, and I tell you, he knew more about Kentucky basketball than than I even do now. And uh, but it's just amazing because our family reaches out, branches out. It's just neat how Big Blue Nation is what it is. And But I have never told anyone any different. I've always said I was so lucky to be born a Kentucky fan and be born in this wonderful Commonwealth. I'm going to tell you, I have never appreciated more uh, our Kentucky Wildcats than this year because not having the NCAA tournament has been one of the hardest things. I mean, it, it sounds crazy. But, I mean, it was just heartbreaking for me. Tamara knows. Like, I've just been oh, yeah. so upset. Now, as things evolved, I realized it was the right decision. But in mm-hmm. the beginning when everything was canceled, I had an extremely hard time with it, believing that that was a good idea. Now I see that it was, but it's just heartbreaking for me to know that these guys 
you know, career has ended at UK and it, and not to have an SEC tournament. I mean, it was devastating, devastating. Absolutely. Aside from real life and, and, and tragedy in real life, that's probably the worst day of my life when they canceled the SEC <laughs> tournament because yeah, it's I, I, actually that's where Lee and I were going to meet for the first time. We were both going to the SEC Aww. tournament. We were headed down there and it yeah. was just, it was just like, wow. I can't Aww. believe it. I mean, I was I never thought I'd ever see the day that they did that, but but I'm with you. You know, I was just right like, let matter. the guys play. I was just like, let them play. People don't have to show. Just let them play. I mean, that's that was kind of my mindset, but of course I understand why they did what they did, but it it was so hard for me to think these guys have spent all this time, you know, fighting to get to the end of the season just to have it end this way. And I believe it's Tamara that reflected that, you know, how things are going to be different once this is gone, and I – I really I agree with her 100 percent on that. I think that we're going to see a lot of big changes, and you know, even when they start up the professional sports again, the leagues, they're talking about doing this without people in attendance. So empty arenas and stadiums, which would be just really strange. But I'll tell you right now, from from my standpoint as a fan, you know, I'm missing baseball right now in, in the NCAA tournament. I mean, and it, it's. You know, I still, in my gut, it just kills me that these kids miss this opportunity. That's why they come to Kentucky. That's why they go to any school. They go there to hang a championship banner, and and they missed out on it. And, I mean, it goes back to the Kentucky girls softball team, which they were doing amazing this year. But, I mean, there's just team after team after team, and, and, and these are all young kids, and they'll never get that opportunity back again. And it, I hurt for them. I really hurt for them. Mm-hmm. But – now it's going to be going forward. It's going to be. It's going to be. Who knows? I, I think it, it's going to change everything, and I think it's going to be a slow crawling process. And and that's even out getting out doing the line dances and stuff like you guys were doing. I, I think and and that kind of socializing. <laughs> I think it's going to all be different. And I sure don't want to go anywhere with an N95 mask on like I've been wearing, you know, for the last three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to look a little odd, uh, line dancing with the mask on. Hopefully um, they'll come up with a vaccine before <laughs> we have to worry about that. But, yeah, it's, it's really something else. And uh, I think this is definitely a pivotal moment in our history. Um, and it, it's, it is. It's really sad for the kids. You know, maybe when when we come on the other side of this, it's going to give us a deeper appreciation for things like sports and, and hugging somebody and, Traveling yeah. our state and just all that kind of stuff that we up to this point maybe have taken for granted. Uh, that, that's always the hope that you come out better on the other side. And um, I don't know though, how can we love our cats anymore? I just don't know if that's possible, but maybe it is. Right. And, and you know what's weird? I went to see my son yesterday. I took him a couple masks, and you know he he's in a, he's a he's going to graduate from Murray State University in a couple weeks. Uh, and Daddy, my son Ty, and uh, but very proud of him and honor graduate. And uh, but he wouldn't even hug me yesterday. And I said, Well, yeah, I get it, man. It is social distance, yeah, but I mean, it's okay. I mean, I get it, and it was the right thing to do because I've been in a work environment, and you know, with this 14 days, and who knows how long it is. I mean, there's this incubation period and everything, but it's just changed everything so much. And I and, and I'm I'm a I'm a lovey touchy person. Does that make sense? I like to hug people. 
especially oh, yeah. when I'm drinking. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of them huggers, you know. And I think Jamie <laughs> out there too, Jamie Tristan, Jamie, and I, I believe Benny probably is after I saw him dance on the cruise ship. And but but <laughs> hey, you know, it, it, it is. It's going to be different going forward. That was the bourbon. Yeah, I know, but yeah, <laughs> that was the bourbon one. <laughs> Ladies, thank well, you all so much for being on today. Um, we, we thank a lot of y'all, and, and it was so much fun having you. And we're, we're probably going to let you guys get out of you ladies get out of here. And uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday to be with us. I mean, if you got anything else, promote what you got. I mean, this is me and Ben, so let them have it. Tell them what you're doing and, and how to hear hear you and listen to you and, and where to donate money and all that good stuff. <laughs> Sam, give the way down. Hey, wait a minute, wait yeah, a minute. So, I got one more question. I almost forgot. How can I miss my most important question for you, Lee? I got to ask you this before you do all that. Sack shoes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Sack shoes. Is that really yeah, your I, sister? Yeah, I That's that your sister for real. That's your blood sister. <laughs> no, trust me. Number one, oh. I can't cook with a dam. I can't cook yeah, at no, all. Can't cook. I am the world's Don't worst see? cook. That girl, she we cracks that. Up. We, we have we have so much fun. We've she, met Sakai in person. She is a she's so wonderful. She's a very nice person. Yeah. We met her, and well, she's another person we've met through Twitter that we yeah. just love. But uh, yeah. that is quite the compliment to be considered. I'd probably be more like her mom, actually. Well, <laughs> oh well, no! Well, but, <laughs> I'm telling you, she told me that you were her sister, so I don't know, and that's that's why I wanted oh, to get the truth so today. Sweet. But, but well, yeah, and, so and the next sweet. thing was. I, I was going to ask you if you were a Hooters girl too, but I don't think that that probably happened. But but she well not she to put them. Hooters girls down, but that's not really my thing. But not to put them no, down. But she was but not she really was my more. thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I would have been a managing a Hooters. I would not be working at a Hooters. I would be there going to be not managing yeah. it. You'd be telling everybody. <laughs> there you go. Kind of off. I'd be bossing go, people around. <laughs> there you go. I, I believe that. All right, now. All right. Is, we love you guys. Stuff. Thank you so much. We yeah, do. We love you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you can follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that is at KYTasteBuds. We also have lots of YouTube videos out there, so please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. And then, of course, every Saturday from 10 to 2, you can stream us on KISS FM 96.9. You can stream that from any mobile device and listen to our our show. You can even go back on their website and listen to past episodes. And we just have a hoot doing that. And uh, and then, of course, our blog and everything, too. So uh, I think I covered everything, didn't I, Lee? Got it, girl. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, ladies. Thank you, all. Have a great day. Thank you, all. Have a great day. Thank you, Gary. All right. You thank you. Thanks. Bye. 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 Man, what a lot of fun, Benny. I tell you what, they there's some great ladies, and uh, what they're doing is amazing. And now I'm gonna have to get on the sack shoes because she's <laughs> led me down the wrong path. <laughs> well. <laughs> They are. They are some talented individuals right there. They they make Kentucky proud, and like I say, it's nice to have have superstars like that on our little show here. And uh, you guys need to follow those girls. They do a lot of great things for Kentucky. 
they do, and you know their their uh, their reviews and and everything is just it's top notch, and and they you can tell they're having fun, and I'm I'm sure this uh, pandemic just killing them because you can't go anywhere really, and I mean only you know takeout, but uh, you know that might be the angle they have to go with now is doing takeout and and doing the the review and the thing in the parking lot of the restaurant, but. It's just weird. I mean, it's really, really weird right now. Some weird times. And uh, but we were talking a little bit about Jacob Topp, and, and and here in a minute we're going to have Jack Gibbons on, Jack the Goose Gibbons. And uh, but we were talking about Jacob Toppin and and Davion Mintz, and uh, some couple good kids from you know that we're going to have for Kentucky next year. What do you think about them, Benny? Well, I don't know a whole lot about them. I know Toppin is raw. He's he was a freshman, and he'll probably have to sit out a year unless they change the transfer rule, which is a good possibility. And they went back and forth on that. I don't know if they're going to or not, but if they if they do, he'll be eligible immediately. If not, he'll have to sit out a year. And Mintz is a grad transfer. He'll be available right away, and he's probably going to. If I was a betting man, I'd say he'll start at the point guard in the beginning, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I know Askew is really good, but I don't know if he's Fox level yet. You know, or, well, he's definitely different than Fox. He's not that. He's not that athlete that Fox was. He's he's more of your, I guess you would say, uh, Tyler Ulis type guy. He, he kind of runs the show. He's a good shooter, but. We'll see. I don't know, but I think Mintz is a good addition, and I think I think Harms would be a good addition as well if we can get him. I think he's probably what we need at this point. And and like I say, I don't know what they're going to do with the, the transfer rule. If they come up with the one-time transfer deal, then we could probably have a number of options open up at center. So it's it's hard to say, but I think I think Harms will end up at Kentucky. I think. I think a lot of people are thinking it's down to Gonzaga and Kentucky. And I can't see a better place for him to go in Kentucky to get minutes because they're going to be available at the center position because, frankly, we really don't have one right now. Yeah, and I think I think you're right because, you know, with, with Mintz coming, it, it's going to take the pressure off Askew because he's not going to have to be the guy, you know. He's going to have a – he's going to be able to work his way into the lineup and get his minutes, and it, it, there's just not going to be that, you know, unsuccumbing pressure that, you know, these kids face. But, you know, you look at the guys that come into Kentucky, and, you know, really, it was it was fortunate for Maxie this year. I think, you know, Maxie, early season, you know, the first game, Michigan State, wow. But, you know, he went through some struggles too, and I think, you know, that's just the, the uh, getting acclimated from high school. It, it don't matter – what high school, what AAU team you play at, and what level you play at at that level. But college is just a huge step. And But we saw Maxie get more comfortable, and, you know, he, he, he turned into a real good, steady player. And, uh, you know, did he stand out all year? No. But, you know, Kentucky had a real, to me, a real, well-rounded team, a good, balanced team, and – and you know, and I think a lot of that was with uh, you know even with Hagen's kind of falling off towards the end of the year, and, and quickly picking it up. And uh, but the inside game, Kentucky just had a good balanced team, and I think they were just starting to hit and fire on all cylinders. And 
and uh, it, it's a shame we didn't get to see them play. But, but I think the uh, I think Poppins going to be one of those kids, and hopefully he does have immediate eligibility because they're going to be able to grow at Kentucky, and and, and they're going to be in a system that's going to help them for the next level. And I think Harms will be there too. And it's going to be interesting, you know. John Calipari doesn't promise minutes to anybody, but you looking at a, at a play as a player looking at this situation, Kentucky's going to have a lot of minutes there for people. And if you go in there and you work hard, you're going to get those minutes. And I just don't know what harms would see in Gonzaga versus what Kentucky could offer. Uh, Kentucky's going to be in the spotlight every night, every single game. Well, one of the big things that made me think that he was that he would end up at Kentucky ultimately was what he said he wanted. He wanted to go somewhere where he could hone in his professional NBA skills. And I mean, let's face it, the track record speaks for itself. And it is weird, you know, because I actually thought when the season was canceled, we might get two or three of these guys back. That's why I was thinking when it first went down. But now it's just kind of like, uh, wow, I don't know. It's you know it's it's like we get nobody back and and we're starting them from scratch which we do this a lot but it is what it is but oh, you you see a struggles early next year or what are you thinking I'm kind of thinking we might have some some struggles and uh, while you're answering that I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, look up. Jack's number here and give Jack a call so we can get Jack off. And, and yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of struggles early. It's going to be a, a totally brand new team. And, you know, I, I really, one thing, and I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people are frustrated with John Calipari and, and it's one and done. And, and I don't even like to use that term anymore because I don't think it's one and done now it's, as much as it was. But, you know, this, this different roster every year, it, it is challenging. But I think he's doing a great job with these kids and getting them to that point, you know, to where they can compete for a championship by the end of the season. I don't think there's a, a coach that does a better job at it. And I just think that, you know, oh, we got that coming on. I'm dialing. We're trying to reach. Sorry. Hello, this is Jack Gibbons. I'm sorry I can't take your call right now, but if you would just leave your name and number and any brief message, I'll be happy to call you back as quickly as possible. <laughs> Thank you very much, and have a great day. We might At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more <laughs> options. Hey, Jack. What, what, what is it, uh, this is Benny. What is it, Benny? Second Give us a call back, please. All right. All right. Sorry about that. But, I'm about to say. Yes. Live radio. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was the way. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. Well, I'm going <laughs> to send him a text. Uh, yeah, you might want to shoot him the number. I didn't leave the number there. But anyway. <laughs> or, uh, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> it never works out when we actually called it. <laughs> No, we didn't have any problems with Rick last week, Rick Roby, but at least, you know, at least they got to hear Jack Gibbons' voice message so they know we're not just blowing <laughs> smoke up their rear ends, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but, but, you know, I was listening to some of these recruiting guys, and 
they were talking about harms and saying that he was going to commit this weekend. And, and a little birdie told me not to uh, not to buy into that because all those guys were just guessing. So so that's telling me that we're not actually, they're not actually hearing anything about when he's going to commit. I'd say I'd say it'll be a week or two, or you know, it could be today. I'm not I'm not wanting to know on that. I just know I would like to see him commit. And I, somehow maybe I think he might be trying to hold out to see about the transfer rule or whatever because I think wherever he goes, he wants to get plenty of minutes because I think that's what why he was leaving Purdue because this uh, other kid was really eating into his minutes. Yeah, and but then, you know, the bottom line is I think that's where some of the people, you know, in Big Blue Nation are disgruntled that, you know, okay, we've got this kid. His minutes are getting eaten up at Purdue. Well, then, you know, he's coming to Kentucky, okay? But and and you know, the first question I want to ask is why are his minutes getting eaten into? Is it because he's not as good as this other player, or is he? Is it an attitude? Is it uh? What is it? I mean, you know, we don't know that, and we don't ever hear that. And you know, and time, Jack. One thing I want to touch on too that. You know, the I will give you the only frustration I have, Coach Calipari, and that is we never get good updates on these kids on the bench. And, and you know, like Zan Payne. Why is Zan Payne not playing? I mean, is there I, – I just want to know that. I want to hear that from Coach Cal. I don't want it to be, well, he's slow. He's just not that good. Or, or I want to know why he's not playing. I want to know why a lot of these kids aren't playing. And, and, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, you bring the kids in. And, you know, the, they used to do the – and I don't even watch the coaches show hard anymore. You know, they put a lot of these kids on the bench and the walk-ons on there and show them getting their breakfast and, and telling their favorite rap songs and all that. I don't want to hear that junk. Give me the real facts. Why are these guys playing? I want a depth chart. I'd love to see a depth chart come from Coach Calipari. I think that would be awesome. I think that's going to – tune people more in and you know and 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 the other thing Dante Allen why are we not hearing his name well I think he's just forgotten about because of the recruiting class coming in because it's a highly ranked class you know every year the new guys get all the hype but I'm telling you right now you mark this down I'm telling you that kid is a killer I cannot wait to see him at full strength. He's had a year in the program. And I think that if I heard him correctly, I'm pretty sure Calipari said he was ready to play at the end of the year. And just and when Calipari says he's ready to play, let me just let you in on a little fact. That means he's doing something in practice when he says he's ready to play. That means he's showing signs. But Calipari said he didn't want to but that he told him he could play if he wanted. If I'm if I remember this correctly, and he didn't want to burn his red shirt because he wanted the full the full four years. So that's why he didn't play at the end of the year. So that tells me he was doing things in practice where they wanted him to play. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sending Jack a message here. Um, you want maybe you want to try to call him again. See if you can get through now. Yeah, I'll give it another try here. Uh, 
it sounded like his son was dead. It went straight. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. We'll give we'll give a shot here. And there's worse things. I mean, if we don't get him today, maybe we can get him you know, down the road. But, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that. If he doesn't, if we don't get him on, we can talk a little bit about him and what he means to Kentucky basketball. Hello. Hey, Jack. Hey. Welcome to uh, Kentucky basketball across the bluegrass. Sorry about that. We had a little trouble getting in there. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, Jack, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you, and, and I'm going to tell you something right off the bat that I don't think there's a better person than you as an ambassador for the University of Kentucky basketball. Wow, thank you. That's uh, very very nice of you to say. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate hearing that. And Jack, how are you it's, coping uh, with this uh, pandemic? The program's been great for me, too. I've enjoyed it very much. How, how are you adapting to this pandemic? How is it affecting you, and uh, and, and, and and what are you doing right now with, with all this going on? Well, you know, it's it, it's been tough, but it's been tough for everybody. We've all had to uh, try to figure out what this uh, what this new normal is, and, and – uh, you know, I don't know if any of us have quite figured it out yet, but, um, you know, we're making, hopefully making progress, and um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to normal, but it's, um, you know, it's we might have a new normal to get back to, but I, I'll be glad when we get to that point, whatever that is. I mean, yeah, you know, I travel a lot and uh, with my job and, and I like being around people and being with people, and and you're just not able to do it right now the way you have uh, have always uh, done it. So we all got to kind of figure things out as we move along. Well, I think we're having as much trouble stopping this coronavirus as uh, Bill Foster for Duke had stopping you in '78. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Um, all good things must come to an end, and it did for me that night finally. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully, like I say, hopefully we can get our lives back and and start moving in a, a positive direction. Right. I don't. I hope I didn't lose Benny. Are you there, Benny? Or are you on mute again? I'm here. I'm here. I was just I was letting him go there. Sorry about that. Good. So, uh, so what are you? Uh, what's your plans in the in the near future? You got anything going on? Anything you're promoting, or are you just kind of like the rest of us on standby till till we open back up? Yeah, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, there there there's been good um, with um, with staying at home and spending time with your family and. Um, kind of living the way we have to live right now. I mean, you know, you you got to try to find positives in, in this as you would every other thing um, that you have to face. And, and uh, unfortunately, life throws stuff at you. Um, right. You know, you, 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 you learn and, and really the, the, uh, 
the good is how you deal with things after after uh, after a tough situation. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what that's going to be like. We're all going to um, come through this. I mean, we're going to come out of it, and uh, as as um, uh, you know, methods to treat this uh, advance and. Um, uh, and they will, you know, we'll 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 get a hold of it, and uh, all of those things are going to happen. You just like with a lot of things, you got to figure out how to look at the big picture and look beyond what uh, what we can reach out and touch, as hard as that is. Uh, and you just have to be comfortable and confident that uh, that good things are going to happen. So, um, you know, I'm I'm anxious to get there. I'm ready to. Yeah. to get out and to do do more things but uh you know i i'm just kind of riding it until that till that uh time comes and um you know we'll make the most of it uh at that time yeah. for sure yeah and, and, Jack, and, I, and, and i know that you know, so many people talk about the 78 game in, in the championship it was a huge deal for kentucky but yeah you guys from from your freshman season to that time was nothing short of amazing. And you guys worked your tails off, I know that. And we had your buddy Rick Roby on last weekend, last Sunday. And, and Rick talked about Coach Joe B. Hall and how tough he was as a disciplinarian. What, what's your take on Coach Joe B. Hall, and, and, and what did he mean to you, and, and how did he push you and challenge you uh, at Kentucky? Well, you know, I gotta say, I like Coach Hall a whole lot more after, uh, you know, after a basketball than than having to having to go through it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of fun going through it, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, Coach Hall, um, he had a style that uh, um, took some getting used to. I mean, especially when you're coming from uh, a situation where you coming out of high school, you had a coach like I had and uh, Coach Bob Barlow at Bryan Station, who, who by the way, passed away this morning, um, wow. uh, Coach Barlow. Glad to hear that. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a great man, and, and um, you know, he had trouble. I mean, he was he was tough also, but he, he was totally different uh, than Coach Hall was, so it it took some getting used to. Um, and a lot of times in that situation, you don't know until it's over that uh, his style is, is helping you. Um, uh, it all culminated with uh, by winning the national championship in 78. But uh, uh, you're right, he was a tough disciplinarian. He uh, stuck to his his way of doing things that wasn't in our minds as players it never and it never hardly ever is uh the best way it wasn't in our minds it wasn't the best way to do it but in his it was and uh with the success he had uh you pretty much have to think he he knew a little bit more at least than we knew so um you know i give him credit for um uh, after it was over i give him a lot of credit for staying with it and uh, uh, being persistent in his way of trying to get us to be the best that we could be. I mean, uh, bottom line is that's what he wanted to accomplish is to help us to be the best we could be, and, and it worked. I mean, he 
he he did that. Um, didn't always agree with his his style, but I uh, I do understand, and I did grow to understand that his way was was his way. Um, but you know, we we uh, we had some great teams while I was at Kentucky, and from my freshman year on through. Uh, so I, I you know I appreciate that, and um, I'm just glad we had an opportunity to coach for a guy who was. Uh, as great a coach as he was. Do you have any any stories about Joe B that some of the things that we don't know? You know like we 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 ask all the guys that come on that any funny stories, things he he done to you looking back on that you think that you can laugh about now that maybe you didn't laugh then. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he his style was to. Um, was to be tough as tough as he could be on the quote unquote star of the team, the captain of the team. Um, he his message to everybody on the ball club was, if I'm this way with the guy who is the is the leader, and that was uh, for the most part while I was there. Well, from my sophomore year on, that was myself and Roby, who were the captains and kind of the leaders uh, from our sophomore year on. But his thing was, if he was going to be this tough on us, uh, everybody else on the team knew they better fall in line because he could be even tougher on them. Um, Now, once again, was that (laughs) the way I would like for it to have been? No, not always, but... uh, But, yeah, I can laugh about it now because I understand what his method was. Um, yeah. uh, but but that was just the way he was, and and there were a lot of uh, uh, a lot of pretty tough situations that I had to figure out. But uh, but you know we I had uh, my freshman year I I had an opportunity to learn uh, from seniors uh, uh, Kevin Greevy, Jimmy Dan Connor. <laughs> Mike Flynn, Bob Guy, yet a lot of those kind of guys who at the yeah. time were the were the superstars. Uh, I learned from them. We were playing in a game. Uh, I think we were at Vanderbilt, uh, but we were playing in a game. I was a freshman, Kevin Greavy, who I thought was maybe the best player, uh, one of the better players I've ever played with, certainly, and uh, as good as a whole lot I played against. Uh, but Grevy was our captain. He was averaging 25, 28, 7 points a game, something like that. Uh, and we went into the game at Vandy, and uh, uh, we came in at halftime. And we were ahead, but we came in at halftime, and Coach Hall uh, just rode him up one side and down the other. I mean, he screamed at him. He uh, he screamed at him. He he. Uh, uh, called him uh, a lot of names that I can't uh, can't repeat on this show. Uh, I mean, just wrote him, and, and uh, I mean, I, I almost brought tears to my eyes. So we were walking out of the locker room, and I I said to uh, Grievy, I said, "Grieve, man, what was that all about?" And and Grievy Grievy looked at me like I was crazy. You know, what are you talking <laughs> about, Jack? I said, Kevin. Yeah. He spent 15 minutes, the whole 15 minutes, just riding you and calling you not playing that bad. What that? What is that about? And Greeby looked at me and understand I'm a freshman, 
And he yeah. looked at me like I was crazy. He said, Jack, what are you talking about? I said, Grevy, all of that cussing that he just did, and he called you this, and he called you that. And, and Grevy looked at me, and, and we were getting ready to go to warm-up. He said, Jack, let me tell you something, because you're going to be in this situation. He said, you go in that locker room at halftime. After I leave, you sit front row right in the center, and you look at Coach, and you uh, – and you." Every now and then, nod your head or shake your head like you listen, like you know what he's talking about. He said he's going to say it. You you sit there and you pay attention. He said, and you shake your head, you nod. He said, but don't you listen to a damn word he said. And I said, I, I said, well, you. And I looked at him. He said, don't even listen. He said, think about you having what you having for dinner. Think about. Think about what girl you're going out with after the game. Think about anything, but don't listen to a damn word he says. And 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 of all the lessons I learned, all the lessons I learned in college basketball, that was probably the best. Uh, which is a whole lot different from what what we have now because guys leave and teams don't have seniors anymore here at Kentucky. So you can't yeah. learn those kind of lessons, you know. That was going to be my next question. Is how to, how much do you think that? I mean, which I, I'm not picking on any style or any area. I'm just saying, how much do you think that hurts these young teams now that they really don't have that that guy? Because I think it, you know that might have something to do with guys transferring and things because they just can't handle that because they're not used to that. They're used to being told how great they are, not torn down like that. Well. Uh, you know, I I, I think I, I learned at that time, and I say it right now, the best way to learn how to play basketball on, on the college level is to play against guys who are better than you are, who are more experienced, who are uh, uh, great players, and um, – and that's the way to learn. You can be coached all you want. I mean, Calipari is a great coach, and he does a, a, an amazing job with these young guys. But I learned I learned from playing against guys like Grevy every day in practice, and having to go over and guard Jimmy Dan Connor, and, and learning the tricks of the game. Uh, the guys uh, nowadays here, they don't have that. They don't have a chance to learn from. Um, from guys who have been around experienced guys who can show them the ropes, who can teach them all the stuff that uh, you learn from playing games instead of that you learn from being coached. I mean, uh, no offense to the the walk-ons on the team now, but, uh, you know, you you take uh, from this team, you take Hagen's or you take uh, quickly or you take some of these guys that, and um, it's just very difficult to get that kind of competition playing against walk-ons every day. So uh, sure. it's a totally different game. Uh, it's totally different now than it was when I played. Oh, and it, it, you're, you're right, Jack. I mean, it, it, you know it. And you, you look at that 78 roster from top to bottom, it, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the bench was deep, and, man, you guys had some talent. I mean, you had James Lee, you had LeVon, you had uh, – you had, um, and, and you know what? One of the unsung heroes from that team, Truman Quater. I don't think we yep. hear his name enough. And uh, how valuable was Kyle Macy on that team? Well, um, I, I blame Kyle for us not winning 
champ, two championships in a row. I mean, our 78 team was great, but our team in 77 with Larry Johnson mm-hmm. at point guard and, and uh, yep. Marion Haskins and uh, along yeah. with Rick and Mike and James and myself and some of the other guys we had on that team, and we, we, were, we were really, really good. So I blame Macy because if Macy hadn't gone to Purdue – and uh, transferred yeah. in that year and had to sit out, we would have won that year as well. So, uh, yeah. so I blame Cal Macy for there that. But there you go. That's a good. That's a good. But but yeah, it made a big difference having having Cal. I mean, he was a coach. He was a coach on the floor, typical point guard. Um, but he was a coach on the floor. Um, I knew if I got open. He was going to get me the ball just where I like to get it to score. And that's mm-hmm. what you want from your point guard. So, um, Macy yeah. made a big difference to that team. And and that's one thing Rick Roby told us last last Sunday is that, you know, the key was, you know, and what Coach Hall was telling you guys in the huddle was feed Jack, feed Jack. And they knew as a team. And, it, and I think that's another thing that you see differently from the experienced team's from then to now, it, it seems like a lot of these kids feel like they're there for a year, maybe two, but they've got to do something big every game. And it, it seems like it's more about me. But in 78, they knew who had the hot hand. And, and you know, he, but it took every one of you out there, but you had a hot hand and they knew to get you the ball. And it, it, it's a sacrifice, and but they made it. And, and I think that's amazing. I think that's a big difference from today in uh, – from yesterday. Well, if you look at every game that year, uh, during our march to the to the final game, um, it's interesting because everybody kind of every player on the team kind of had their game. I mean, uh, the first game against Florida State, uh, we were down there in, in Knoxville playing, um, and uh, some of the starters, myself included, didn't didn't play as well in the first half. Coach Hall went to the bench, and he started Dwayne Casey, and he started LeVon Williams uh, um, and Fred Cowan in the second half. You know, I mean, he he uh, he took some of us out, and the bench stepped up and played really well uh, that, that game. And the second game, Mike Phillips uh, playing against Miami of Ohio. Mike Phillips had a big game. So we, some of us, the other guys had to sacrifice to get Mike the ball and let him uh, let him score and let him carry us that game. I mean, uh, the Michigan State game when we played against Magic Johnson and that team, uh, Cal Macy uh, made big shots and made free throws down the stretch of that game. So Macy stepped up and uh, carried us, helped carry us to a win that game. Uh, the uh, uh, We played Arkansas in the semifinal game, and they yeah. were really, really good. Uh, Arkansas you know, was Rick, good. Yeah, Rick, really good. Rick had a big game, and then I scored 20, and um, so we shared the basketball around in that game. And then, of course, the final game, I had a big one. So, uh, yeah, everybody everybody um, did what had to be done to win, game, win the games each time, and uh, that's one of the things about having that experience. You, you know you don't have to be the, the hero every night. Uh, you learn to trust your teammates. And if somebody is hot or has a hot hand, we make sure we get them the ball. So uh, that was just how we played. That's how the game was played. And like you say, it's a little bit different now. 
Yeah, it's a little different for sure. Uh, that's kind of like, you know, Cal says every year he wants it to be a player-empowered team. And I think that's what he means by that. It, it kind of changed because of the times. You know, everybody goes, leaves early for the pros. They're, you always had a player-empowered team back in that day because you always had seniors and juniors. And, and now these guys are trying to learn to do it on the fly, basically. Yeah. Yep, yep, and it's uh, it's a little bit harder that way. But like I say, uh, with the success Coach Calipari has has had with this kind of system, you got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he he puts chemistry into hyperdrive. And, you know, chemistry with teammates and is it, so important. And with you, when you're with these guys for two, three, four years, especially you know back when we were playing, you know people stayed around, players stayed around three, four years. That chemistry was tough, and it's huge. And Cal does a good job. I mean, he puts the miracle grow on it every season, and he gets them there. And you know, and I think this team this year was starting to hit on all cylinders, and we missed a lot of great basketball from those guys, and we hate that. But uh, and Jack, before we let you get out of here, we've got one of our listeners, uh, Michelle. She's a big fan of Kentucky basketball. And used to live uh-huh. in your neighborhood, Triple Crown. She says yep, yep. she wants she wants to know if you still go on your morning walks, and also how's your wife Linda doing? Um, well, let's go to the most important thing first. Linda's doing great. <laughs> she's uh, there you go. she's 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 uh, she's wonderful, um, and um, has her hands full. We my my daughter and son-in-law and their three kids and two dogs <laughs> are living with us right now because they're building a house. And they, uh, so they, I came home one day and Linda said, uh, said, you know, uh, Jamie, my daughter said, you know, Jamie and Kevin want to move in with us while they're building their house. And I looked at her and I said, well, are you asking me or telling me? Uh, so that's, uh, and obviously I was, Obviously, I was being told that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Um, so, so I'm living with it, and um, it hasn't been that bad. But um, I'm I'm paying these builders a little bit extra to get this thing done quick uh, to, to get moving. But yeah, yeah. But Linda's doing great, and then yeah, I'm 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 walking. I didn't walk this morning, but I got uh, five and a half miles in this afternoon with my dog. So. Uh, I used to walk up there every morning early before I went to the office, and uh, but yeah, I still get I still get my walks in and uh, trying to do between four to six miles every day, which is uh, which is good. And Jack, yeah, that's amazing. And I know Benny wants to say something to you, but just just from a, a fan, and you know, I'm 56 years old, and and 78 means a lot to me. That old team. And, and and you and you know you mentioned Jimmy Dan Connor. I grew up a big Jimmy Dan Connor fan too. But yep. what 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 you mean to this this state? And, and when I met you in Atlanta a couple of years ago at the regional, you were so so humble and just just I, I thank the world of you. You're you're a real good man, and and I'm I'm proud to know you. And, and we're so thankful to have you, and we can't thank you enough for coming on today. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm, I've been blessed beyond uh, beyond uh, my imagination um, with the talent. Number one, to be able to play at a 
university like the University of Kentucky. I mean, that's a blessing. Um, I have 10, 10, there's 10 kids in my family, seven boys and three girls. And uh, either one of those seven boys could have been blessed to have done what I did at the University of Kentucky. So I, I look at that as, as just, uh, just a blessing from, from the Lord that I had the opportunity. Um, I wish I could say that I, I, I do everything right, but I make mistakes. But one thing for sure is that um, I loved my experience playing at the University of Kentucky, and there's no greater fans in the world than uh, the Big Blue Nation. So uh, I've been very blessed to have been able to uh, live the life I've lived, and, and, uh, and I appreciate the Big Blue Nation for all the support over the years. Hey, and uh, I want you to know it was an honor for me. I, I was actually a little bit nervous talking to you. You're a legend in Kentucky, brother. And uh, we, like he said, we really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I hope you have a good evening. I hope everything goes well with your family and you all stay safe in these uh, trying times. Thanks, man. Same to you all. Thanks so much for having me on. Jack, hopefully we can do it again. I, I hope so. Anytime. You have a wonderful night. Thank you. Thanks. You all, too. Bye-bye. Wow. <laughs> Another well, legend. Um, we man, might have to change it to legends across yeah. the bluegrass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We've had some legends on it. It feels pretty good, wow. doesn't it? <laughs> man, no, we're not, we're not uh, gloating, y'all. We're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you right now, dude, this, this is getting to be a weekly thing. And when we say goodbye to these guys – I get this uh, these butterflies and these goosebumps, and I'm just telling you, I'm not making that up either. It's honest truth. I, I just absolutely. Hey, there's not too many too many players in Kentucky history bigger than Goose Gibbons. I mean, the goose is loose, baby. <laughs> well, you know, let me tell you, you know, when I met him down there, I, you know, I stood back and I just thought, you know, when I told my wife at the time. Uh, that's Jack Gibbons. That's Jack the Goose Gibbons. And, and just stood back and watched. And you know what? He didn't turn anyone away. He signed autographs. He took pictures. You know, and I caught a uh, a little bit of a video interview with him about Big Blue Nation in Catlanta, and I posted that on Twitter this week. And uh, But I'm just saying, this guy, you know, he had a good NBA career for the Atlanta Hawks. And, yeah, he, and he, you know, he, he was a really good. Uh, he was a really good color analyst. I don't know if you remember him calling NBA yeah. calls, but he was really good. He sure did. He, he's always been well spoken, and just he, he's just uh, to me. That's what I mean. I, I just think he is the ultimate ambassador for Kentucky basketball. And you know, and I and you start thinking about that. Who, who would you think would be the next one? You know, because. You know, the first one that comes to mind for me is Anthony Davis. But, you know, you, you go back to these guys. Do, do you want to pick somebody that's just a one-year player at Kentucky? I mean, you know, Jack Gibbons is one of the guys that played there all four years, and, and you're just not going to see that probably anymore. And, uh, well, it's just a different you know, time. Darius Miller, Miller, yeah, it's a different time. Darius Miller might come to mind, you know. And, uh, yeah. But, but that Gibbons, if, you, if you're at these games, if you're at these tournaments, he's always there supporting Kentucky. He's right in the thick of it. And, and you just have to love that and appreciate it. 
One thing I was sitting there thinking while he was talking, and, and I was gonna I was gonna talk about it with you when he was gone, is you hear all these stories, and it's funny about Joe B, and you hear all these stories yeah. about Cal, and I wonder. I was sitting there wondering. I wonder which one of them was tougher to play for, as far as you know, just getting in you when you needed it, or probably when you didn't, just to make a point, you know. <laughs> well. well. And Benny, you're right. And you know, we've talked about this with Rick. We've talked about it with Roger. And and, and old school coaching and Travis Ford the other day. Uh, you know, the old school coaching, it's just a different culture now. The, these kids I'm gonna be honest with you, I think they're soft. They're soft compared well, to what we were. In. You know I'll tell you what, now I've seen and I don't know. I don't know which one's tougher because I didn't play for either of them, which I would, I would have played for either one of them, don't get me wrong, because I could have handled it. But I'm just saying the uh, – I've seen Calipari Flat get in them now. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he don't care. He's old school a, a little bit in a lot of ways. But, you know, I, I wonder which one was tougher. I, I'd about say it had to probably Joe B because he could probably get away with a lot more back then than what Cal could get away with now. <laughs> Keywords, buddy, right there. I mean, what you can get away with now. And I, but I tell you what, I saw Cal light into Hagens this year, and I saw him light into Monk in, in Fox, and I, I've seen him light into John Wall. And, and you're right, Calipari's not afraid. To, he is. A, that's that's one thing that I really like about him is that he still has a lot of that old school coaching. He's not going to give you minutes if you're not out there performing. And you know, and go back to. Uh, Rick Pitino at Kentucky with, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh man, I'm I'm drawing a blank now. Antoine Walker, and, and and putting him on the bench, and he didn't come back in that game against Mississippi State, and we we lost the SEC tournament, but we won the championship. So I mean, I love these old school coaches. I love these tough coaches, and you know, it, it's not. You can call it what you want. Some people think it's minimal abuse. That's coaching. It's it's the thing making you tough, and you've got to be tough-minded in a game. And uh, I think Joe B. You know, learned a lot from Adolph Rupp, and Adolph Rupp was a disciplinarian. He was tough, and you, we heard uh, you know Cotton Nash talk about his practices, and they started on the minute promptly. They ended promptly. He he, he had a he had a system, and, and definitely had structure. And I think Joe B took that, you know, to another level. And it's just old school coaching. You don't see a lot of that anymore. But I think I think you're right, Benny. I think Cal Perry is, is close to that. Well, that's, uh, um, if you guys want to call, get your, get your pen right now because I'm getting ready to give you his number. And we'd like for you guys to uh, call and let us know how you're going how the quarantine going, all, anything, or what you think of next year's catch or even this year's football catch, because we haven't even talked about them yet because it's just so weird. Are we even going to have a football season, you know? But that number is 516-531-9474. Give us a call, folks. We've got about 10 minutes left here. Let us know how it's going. We want to hear from you. And it's just, you know, it's crazy just thinking back. You know, we turn back the clock now one month, and, and how much has changed. I mean, we we were so excited. And I remember us talking about this Kentucky team and where they were, and people were kind of the banner back and forth was, well, 
they're they're not going to do very good. Hagen's, you know, you know, the sad thing is we never got to see Hagen's play another game and basically, to me, redeem himself a little bit, you know, and save a little face. But it, it's just it's it's crazy. It's still surreal to me. I wish we could wind the clock back. I wish they would say, hey, you know, we're going to play the NCAA, NCAA tournament anyway. But, I mean, we all know that ship has sailed. I mean, these guys have declared they're gone and we're moving on. But uh, what an interview with Jack Gibbons. And I'll tell you what, I had a blast with the Kentucky Taste Buds, Lee and Tamara. Great time. That was a fun interview. This, is, this has been one of the best shows, Benny. I know we say it every week, but – a lot of fun today, brother. Yes, sir. And uh, anytime we have those that caliber of guests, I'm happy. I think I think it, it's been a pretty good show, without doubt. But uh, you know, one thing about Hagen's man, when we when we landed him, I was so excited because he he's just a. I just thought he was a killer, and I never did understand after watching some of his high school why he couldn't finish. Because he was a killer in high school, which I know it's a different athlete out there, and, but I think a lot of that was just mental struggles, and I think I think he battled more than we know at being at Kentucky. We don't know a whole full story, but I, I really enjoyed watching him play, and I really hate that that's how it ended. I wanted him to come back and show show that he was that leader because I've seen that early this year, and I don't know what happened. He got into some stuff he shouldn't have got into, or, or what? I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know if he's just having personal issues, but, but the guy could flat out play now. You know, we see it in a lot of these kids, and you know, we saw it with him last year too. And I think, I really think that season takes a toll on these kids. You know, and, uh, and and we we had our thoughts, and we talked about that on the show. Is was he? Did he? was he having a hard time not being the man, you know, once the attention started going to Quickly and Richards, and maybe that was some of it. I don't know, but I, I don't see that. I just think Hagens wanted to be a good player, and I think he was just kind of unhappy with the way he was playing and, and, and where he was. And Because I'll tell you what, man, the kid was playing out there. He was giving it his all. He didn't make the best decisions, but – as far well, as a defender, I think he's a great defender. I mean, amazing defender. And he, I, didn't, I haven't seen a player at Kentucky jump the lanes like him in a long time. And, and I, I would have to almost go back to Rondo and some of those guys. But uh, he, uh, great defender, a great team player. I, I think he, I think he, you know, just just hit a point. I think he was just at a point with himself, and he just started taking it out on other people, you know. I think he put too much pressure on himself, for one, because I think he was listening to the so-called experts saying he needed a jump shot and this and that, and that's why he took some of those bad shots, you know, down the stretch of the season. Had he just continued to play the way that he opened up the season, he would have – oh, it would have been – it would have worked out well for him, and I know – you know, sometimes it's hard for these kids to see that sometimes less is more. And that's yeah. what Cal Perry tries to preach when he talks about, you know, Michael Kidd and Anthony Davis took the fourth and fifth most shots on the day. You've heard that before, right? But I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You and, look and you're right. I think, you know, it's it's just 
And and how much pressure does Big Blue Nation put on these kids? You know, one thing. Yeah. And one thing I would love to see. And and, and hey, guys, let's go back to Big Blue Madness. And, and when they're there, those kids they already get a taste of. They see it, and that pressure never stops. And I, if any one thing, I would love to see from these kids because. People, when you send out these tweets and these posts, I don't care if it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, these kids see it. And and, and the key word being their kids. And we didn't even talk about that with Jack. But, you know, Jack's telling these, these stories and the pressure and how insurmountable he is. You think about this for a minute. This is a kid that's 18, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Jack Gibbons was a stud. But he was still yeah. a kid. So, I mean, he wasn't even old enough to legally buy a beer in Kentucky till his senior year. So, you know, that's that's the thing that I think we miss sometimes. We put so much pressure on them as a fan base that, guys, realize these are kids. They're, they're out there doing what they can. And, and the best thing you can do, if you've got something bad to say, don't say it. Just support exactly. these guys. Just support You know, Just support just them. Give them, give, them, give them your support. That's it. If somebody could have got on, let's just say Jack had a bad game back in the day, and somebody could have got on social media and said, you're a bum, you know, you know, like these idiots do that don't know anything about it. And, and it's a small percentage of the people. Don't get me wrong. But those loud people are the ones that they pay attention to because you know what I'm saying. Somebody can give you a compliment a hundred times, and the one thing you're going to remember is someone that criticized you. You know, that's the one yeah, that sticks out. Right. And, and, Benny, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I think about Khalil Whitney, and I think about a lot of these other kids. I think that's a little different situation there. But how many of these kids do you think that we have lost? Because I'm going to tell you something. I think we've lost kids because of this nonsense. I think we've had kids leave Kentucky early, transfer, go to the draft early, just because of this, what we're talking about. And and that's something we really have to think about. But I, I truly believe that. I do, too. And I think Marcus Lee left because of that. I, I, that was part of it anyway. And I think I think they were hard on E.J. Montgomery. I, think, I don't think E.J. Montgomery ever lived up to the hire, don't get me wrong. But I think they were hard on him unnecessarily because he was playing hard. And he was – I mean, you remember. You remember me arguing with people on – on yeah. Twitter about E.J. Yeah. Montgomery and what a defender he was. And this guy says, oh, he can't yeah. guard anybody. And I said, well, that just shows how much you know, buddy, because he's probably the best defender we have in the post. <laughs> he was good. He was good. Him and Richards were tough. And I'll tell you what, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think that that team had started firing on all Sooners, and I still think that they never even reached their potential, but they were headed in the right direction. It was a, it, it was an upward climb, and, and they they were headed that way. And it's yeah. a shame we didn't get to see how they would finish, you know, the season. Because and I EJ think he played with anybody. EJ was coming into his own there, and I think he was going to have a big run in that tournament. I really do. I think, you know, he tipped that game winner in against Florida, which which that's crazy that that's the last game because I remember how excited I was over that game. I, God, that's, man. <laughs> I mean, you were on the cruise ship. You crazy. were on the cruise ship. Yeah. That's Watching crazy. On the I know. <laughs> <laughs> they had every daggone game on in there except for Kentucky. And I was like, All right, you ain't going to keep me from watching it. I got her on the phone, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. 
Man, I tell you though, it's just it's just crazy that to think that and, and you know, but who who gets in these kids' heads? I mean, you know, E J would have definitely benefited, you know, he would have he could have played himself into a lottery pick. I think it's a stretch. I think E J was one of those kids that would have benefited from all four years at Kentucky. And and you know, Nick Richards would have benefited from another year, but they're kind of seeing an opportunity, and I think it's money. It, it, it all comes down to money. It, it is money. I'm not thinking it's money. It is money. But, you know, it, it's kind of like an investment. You know, when you think, well, okay, today I can have five men, but, you know, one more year and I put in a little more work, then, you know, I'm going to triple that or maybe even quadruple it. And, you know, it, it's all the money. You're leaving it on the table. You're leaving it on right. the table. NCAA is going to have to get it together and start letting these kids make a little money. That's this G League crap coming in. It's only going to get worse. They've got to step yeah. up and do something. It's. I mean, you know, I'm not. How many guys? I'm not saying that they they should pay them millions of dollars, but they should help these kids to make a little bit of money so they're not making these horrible decisions and ruining careers going too early. Yeah. And and, and I, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's. I think they need to do that across the board in, in football and baseball too. I think professional sports need to quit enticing these kids to jump early. And because you know the sad thing about it is, if you go to the G League, the G League, how many how many players actually come from the G League and make it in the NBA? Not very many. Uh, Not very many. I would love to see it, and you know, the, the bottom line is there. When these kids leave their school early, they haven't earned a degree to fall back on. And and I will say this, you know, John Wall. There's a lot of these guys that went back and got their degree, but Gibbons, Roby, Macy, these guys all have their degree. Uh, Roger Harden. I mean, so these guys, there's something to be said for staying in college all four years. Yeah. Well, I don't think if you're a lottery pick that you're ever going to see it anymore, but I think they've got to do something about these borderline guys and help them out a little bit. I really believe that. But uh, we're out of time. And, uh, wow. You know, what a show, Ben. I hate that we're done because, you know, I look forward to this every week. And uh, what a wonderful show. Thanks again to the Kentucky Taste Buds and Jack Gibbons. And, uh, Benny, you as well, man. My brother, yep. have a good night. You too. Good night, BB. Talk to you all later.